Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I am your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Wifford. Hey, we're in the dollhouse this week. <laughs> in the dollhouse, and yes, like Mike just said, we are talking Sandman, episode 7. What's the title of the episode, Mike? The Doll's House. The Doll's House. Okay, so what this episode is going to be about is it's talking about the beginning of the Doll House arc in the comics here, Sandman. So before we get into talking about the episode, talking about the breakdown and what we liked, what we didn't like so much, and just our thoughts in general about this episode, I want to give out the general reminders here. So if you want to follow along with the show, you can do so on Instagram at Fantasy Rewind Pod, on email, fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com, or if you want to get at us on Twitter, you can do that too, at Fantasy Rewind. Okay, so Mike, without farther ado, let's get into the dollhouse here and talk about what feels like an entirely different season of Sandman almost. Yeah, definitely. Let's get into it. So we get to meet a kind of a, well, it was a character that we actually were introduced to earlier in episode five. Tease. Yes, I think that's a better word. Tease in episode five. And this was Rose Walker. And this arc is really going to be following her as she, as we come to know her as the Vortex. (laughs) And this, the Vortex really isn't explained it's like something that isn't um isn't really known morpheus says you know some things i don't even know and the vortex is one of them we what we do know about the vortex is that they sort of draw dreams to them and that can be and nightmares yes that's good and what that means is they kind of not just like the manifestation of them like the corinthian or fiddler's green or gout Um, who are the three arcana that have escaped the dreaming, but people's dreams too. They impact Mm -hmm. people's dreams around them. And that was something I loved. uh, We really saw in the next episode, but was kind of mentioned here and we got a little bit of. So it's going to follow Rose Walker. And this is where we start to get some payoff with things. This was the best. This was probably my favorite thing about the... um, the Sandman books was just that there's little seeds or little like nibbles left in all these different places. And you're like, oh, that's just a throwaway character. Oh, that's a throwaway line. And then it comes back later on. And they did that in the show really well. Outside of even just seeing Rose Walker earlier, at the beginning in episode one, we saw a little girl who... Unity Kincaid. Yes, Unity, who fell asleep and had the sleeping sickness And then come to find out she's Rose's great-grandmother. So there's some definite implications there that we have to pay attention to. And even some of the lines in this episode that Unity said we got to remember. So this was important. I just want to say this. I know I'm kind of jumping around a little bit. But Unity said that she dreamed about a man with golden eyes. And, you know, loving this man or whatever. And then, you know, had a baby. Um, that's going to be an important line. Remember that. I'd be interested to hear who you think it could be if you haven't read the comics. Dylan, do you have any thoughts on that? I have some thoughts, and I'm not sure I'm on base or not, but it really makes me think, honestly, of Dream. 
And it makes me think about, like, how when you've seen, like, him in the shadows, he has, like, the stars for eyes almost. And he's kind of shining out there. Yeah, interesting. But, again, no idea if I'm on base or not. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to let you know. Because I'm pretty Good. sure it's going to be a nice payoff when we do get the answer. Th- well, when you get the answer to that. I know the answer already. But when you get the answer to that. Okay, so without further ado here, let's kind of get in. First and foremost, we kind of enter into the scene here. We have Rose Walker book. It's a book of her memories and uh, Dream, or Morpheus was looking at it, I believe. And then we get this really heartbreaking scene where you have Rose and her brother Jed and their mother and come to find out that <laughs> this is so messed up. I, I was watching the scene. I was just like, this is so messed up. Uh, Jed has to stay with their dad while Rose and mom leave to go start a new life somewhere else. Uh, because Joycey. Yes, because mom and um, dad are splitting up. Now, I did think that some of this, they did a really good job like ex- explaining some of it, but to me, there was a piece that really missed um, with their whole split and the dad keeping Jed was that, you know, when the dad was passing away, or passed away, why Jed didn't just go to the mom at that point. Exactly. I had no idea about why that was happening. I had those exact same questions. I was like, what gives with that? Yeah, so I don't know if maybe the mom was supposed to be dead too, and that's why they didn't return him, but it, it, it was the timing on that was a little off for me, but they did a really nice job explaining a lot of the other choices. It Again, sad scene. Now we cut to Desire, and we finally meet our next... Our next endless. Yes. We get Despair. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on Despair, Dylan? Because in the comic, she's very different, and I understand the complete change here. Uh, because in the comic, she's naked, and she's, like, very gray, and uh, a little unsettling, I guess, would be a good so word. So I actually thought that Despair in the comics and on the screen looked a little similar to me. Okay. Um, yeah. I thought that... Like you said, in the comics, Despair is kind of like an amorphous blobby person. Mm-hmm. Um, however, like when you see her in the show here, she's like kind of uh, that withdrawn, a little overweight, and yeah. like a little like flabby sweater type of thing, doing a little self mutilation, mm-hmm. and you know all that fun stuff that someone with the name Despair probably likes to do so i saw this on the socials and i wanted to run this by you because i thought this was an interesting point uh they were this person was because there has been some backlash as with every change and every adaptation there always is some backlash right that despair didn't look exactly the same and people felt like that didn't hit home and this person brought up the fact that like in the comics despair is like the you know the literal or like the literal incarnation of despair this is what despair would look like but when you think about a lot of the other endless desire does desire look like desire Mm, maybe Um, but does dream look like dream Mm, not really it looks like a you know he looks like a mysterious person and he he definitely has qualities but it's not you know the visual representation of that necessarily at least to that extent, to the extent that despair is, I guess, is where I was getting at. I almost, I almost wonder if, like, despair doesn't have a form because 
they've kind of repressed themselves and like kind of withdrawn enough from the world that they don't have a physical form anymore that they've basically like given up whatever shell of anthropomorphic ooze they were supposed to be and shrunk back into the blob yeah that's an interesting point in the comics you mean right yeah in the comics yeah. i mean yeah that's a good that's and a good see, question to me though like when you see despair in the show like it looks to me like a person who is in the thralls of depression mm-hmm. Who somebody, like I said, is re- repressing a lot of trauma. Who's somebody that is self-harming Very themselves. Melancholy. Yeah, like someone who is like full on, like full of despair. And so to me, that's why like I did not like have any qualms with the portrayal of despair. Good. Yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page there. I know we've had a few differences in some things, not too major, but I kind of felt the same way. I liked... I. I like despair. And I was a little worried because a lot of people were, you know, like, oh, all up in arms about it. But I felt like it was a pretty good representation of despair. Now, let's get back to Desire here. You find out Desire's had a few different uh, machinations with Dream. It wasn't just Robert Burgess, who was just a mm-hmm. distraction. It was also the woman he imprisoned. And he had a, she, or they had a hand. I need to say they because, you know, they right. had a hand They're- in that. Desire, yeah. it doesn't matter. Female, male. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really, like, with their conversation with Despair, it seems like Desire's had these ideas and Despair kind of just follows along. Which is true because in the comics, you know, they are twins, and they are mentioned mm-hmm. that in the show too. And so it does very much feel like Despair just follows whatever Desire does. And so real quick, I just mm-hmm. want to touch on Desire myself really quick as well. Because I think that having someone who identifies as non-binary playing uh, Desire is actually a really smart move. Oh, yeah. Because you have somebody who is a little bit androgynous in their portrayal of the character there, kind of matching what you see in the comics as well. Absolutely. Desire's never referred to as a Mm -hmm. she or as a he. It's always, oh, Desire this, oh, Desire that. And to me, like, it makes it so that it's not from the perspective of necessarily... Um, a person who's desiring a woman or desiring a man, it's just like the form of desire. Yeah. So I thought that it worked out well. I think, that, thank you so much, because that is exactly my thought process on that too. All right, let's keep going on. We already touched on the dream vortex, which is Rose Walker. Now we cut to older Rose. Her mother has died. Uh, we already talked about how it was kind of weird that Jed ended up with dad and then he dad died and placed him in foster care. Um, right. But that is what it is. So we have Rose leaving with her friend uh, Lita to England. And so this part here is quite different from the comic itself. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the comic, we still have Rose's mother being alive and going with her to yeah. go and meet Unity Kincaid. Whereas uh, Lita, I think her name was, you said, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah, so she's not anywhere near um, the comics as far as that I've been introduced to yet. Um, yeah. She may so or may not come later on, I but I haven't gotten say, to her yet. Um, I think what they've done is they've kind of merged a couple characters with Lita. Okay. And you'll you'll have to let me know. Well, actually, I could probably... You'll have to let me know a little bit later on when you get to it. Um, 
Right, so just as a reminder, Mike has already read Sandman. However, what I'm doing is I'm watching the show first and then reading the issues of Sandman that correspond with that screen adaptation there. So I'm seeing what's going on screen before I read it, and I'm limiting my reading only to what I've already watched. So as far as what I've seen on screen, reading up to that point in the comics, Lita is not there, or the amalgamation that becomes Lita. I have yes. not met those characters yet. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk more about her next episode and where I think definitely she kind definitely. of starts to take some other characters' positions. But either way, Lita's going with her. She's getting paid a lot to go. Um and we know that Lita lost her husband Hector. And this is this was really important. When they got on the plane, this is where we s- first start to see the vortex, if you will. Lita is dreaming, and her in her dream, she's seeing her dead husband, Hector. And it's very real. Vivid. Yes, yeah. very vivid. And that kind of continues to progress and get more and more complicated, if we will, uh, as the, the more she stays with Rose. And I thought that was such a great way to kind of like um, show the impact of the vortex. And I think in the comics, it was a very, it was still a complicated notion, the whole vortex mm-hmm. idea. I, I, I found it kind of hard to follow, not follow necessarily, but like understand really the big implications of it. Whereas in the show, when you're having this visual manifestation of this stuff, I think it does a really good job with that. So I think it was good for them to include Lita and to do it this way. Um, and Dylan and I were both talking at the beginning here, and I had said that while the first half of the Sandman show stayed very, very true to the comics with some minor tweaks, this second half definitely veered off, but I think they have done it in such a way to make it easier for a screen adaptation <laughs> because some of the things they changed, I think, made sense and it updated it, and they had to you know, move some stuff around, if you will, in order to make it work. Now, And so really quick yes. as well, I'm just going to jump in here. And just say that I agreed with what you said, um, that in the comic, you don't really get as clear of a sense what exactly it means that Rose is a vortex. However, you're seeing way more in the show that makes it easier to understand what she actually is doing, what like her being a vortex causes within the waking realm and within the dream realm as well. And all of that is just done in a way I feel like that makes a complex issue way more understandable. Absolutely. Speaking of the dreaming realm, we kind of go back to the dreaming realm. We have Lucian doing a census, which, again, too much sense, right? Because Morpheus is back. Now Lucian's going around and figuring out who's still there, who's missing. This is where she goes to him and says, oh, we're missing the following people. We're missing Gulp who's a nightmare, the Corinthian, who's a nightmare, and Fiddler's Dream, who is like a dream, but the master of their own realm, if you will, within the dreaming. Fiddler's Green is a really cool concept, and I'm excited for you to meet them, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I saw that in the list, and I was like, Fiddler's Green, like, what is this? Like, the rest of it are entities as opposed to, like, a realm, almost, for, like, what it seemed like. So, yeah. We'll see what's uh we'll see what's coming up with that. So an important piece here is Dream's a little down on himself. Uh, so we're getting back to I didn't fulfill my duty, my world. Oh, 
Um, and this come this comes back more in episode eight, and I think uh, it's important to just mention that there. Also, Rose is watching them again. An implication of the vortex. She is able to impact the dreaming in a way, which is huge because people shouldn't be able to go there. That's why all the nightmares want her. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, and so they send Matthew to watch Rose. Now she ends up going meeting Unity. Uh, she gets an annulet, which is a ring, which they brought up a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, Wondering what it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh and then she has a conversation with the kindly ones where or she... no actually they refer to themselves as you should be glad you didn't yes. meet us Sorry. as the kindly ones. i always go to the kindly ones because of that the arc later on that we'll get to but yes <laughs> that part actually kind of caught me off guard i was like whoa like okay so what does that even mean so mm-hmm. <laughs> i haven't read that arc obviously and no and it's I'm, uh, i still have that copy here so yeah you do yeah, so i'm looking later. forward to seeing what that um, is if we get there i am cutting ahead a little bit but that's okay because now we get our first meeting with a couple collectors in the diner mm. i thought it was a very interesting scene i was a little worried they weren't going to include this whole part they were going to change it because it is very um controversial probably to have a group of serial killers and a tv show get together and have conventions i think it was it's really great they did it though because it shows the impact of the corinthian what the corinthian has on the waking world by being Mm. there for so long you have what's started like a whole culture based off of what he does the fact that he goes and he collects eyes now people are like oh i want to go and collect body parts from other people too I don't I'm care a collector. I'm yes. I'm a killer. I'm a collector. Correct. And they all have different sort of demographics they go after, different types, and different things they're searching for. So the, I gotta be honest real mm-hmm. quick. Uh, when the collectors were first introduced, I was so nervous that, oh, that one's too old for you. He's not your type. That was referring to something else and not like a murder profile, <laughs> which um, oddly enough, I'm way more okay with. <laughs> I'll just stay silent on that. Oh, God. Okay, so maybe I'm... Oh, God. Yeah, well, you'll find out. (laughs) Okay. I'm nervous now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, anyway, they basically... They don't have the family man because he was caught by the police. Assuming the family man probably murders families. Just gonna go off on a limb there and say that. I don't remember if it was explained in the comics or not, but... Not that I remember, no. Yeah. Now they're like, we're going to need to copycat to get the Corinthians' attention because the Corinthians amazing. And uh, and it's funny, too, how they're talking about him like, oh, which, I mean, you know, later on, which incarnation of the Corinthian are you? Because he's lived for so long, they don't believe it can be right. the same person. But anyways, let's keep going on. Unity is talking with Rose and Rose is talking about how she wants to find her brother. Unity is going to fund this a- expedition because they got a lot of money. So I think that's great. And you also have to remember too, and I, I wish they had played this up maybe just a little bit more with Unity. She's been asleep for... So they get into this a little bit more, I feel like. In the next in episode. The, yeah, or, the next episode. But what I meant is like, she should still have the mentality of a... 
Oh, you're very right. Yeah. Wow. Of however old she was. And in the twelve. Twelve year old. Yes. And in the book I felt like she did. She does. Yeah. Like I remember when, when Unity wakes up in the comics, it's like she's older, but she still acts like a twelve year old. Mm-hmm. At least when you when she first wakes up. This is not when she first wakes up. But it's yeah. not that far after she's waking up. Like Agreed. she's so that she's woken up like a month ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I wish we had gotten a little more of that and maybe her struggles with that too. That would have been interesting to explore a little bit. Like she should be way more like frazzled than she is because she seemed like she had it all together. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I love the performance by that actress. Like, Oh yeah. I I thought her and Rose, like I think uh, all the acting and all the, everything has been great. Now Rose, when she left, left a house sitter, her friend, and Corinthian shows up, and uh, this has been a theme, actually, in this episode and the next episode. Corinthian's very attractive and gets what he wants. Um, whether that's some booty or some eyes, it all, it all depends. But the gentleman lets him in. Uh, they end up having a love-making having session. Having a fun time, yes. Yeah, and um, he surprisingly does not get murdery with him oh i thought he was totally gonna kill him (laughs) yeah but it's because he needs him for something you know he needs him to deliver after he got what he wanted i thought he was gonna kill him Uh, so much yeah he might have maybe he was if he had stayed i think he probably would have we do Mm. see that um like he gets pulled away because of the copycats yeah and he goes to find them now in the dreaming lucian is researching and this is where we get our first meeting with mar merv the wise-talking, pumpkin-headed scarecrow. Yeah. Who does construction in the dreaming. And who's voiced by none other than... Who? Uh, whoever played Luke Skywalker. What's his face? Mark Hamill. Oh, wow. <laughs> Mark Hamill? Okay, yes. yeah. Wow. Sorry. Uh, I really liked this scene because Mark Merv says this, and I thought this was great. I wrote it down. Uh, that the vortex will manifest in a dream. Tell Lucian before the boss before the boss and it's very much like lucian is not subservient like maybe dream thinks she is or they are so this is actually a conversation i want to have with you when we talk about the next episode okay um i love that matthew is flying to the waking world i like that scene like where he's flying yeah to, that like, was the a painting cool transition and stuff. yeah oh, beautiful now we have Rose going to Florida. This is going to be important, people. Remember. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Everyone Real quick. here. Okay. Real quick. Yes. I just want to ask you, what did you think about the animation of Merv's face while he was talking? So the first time it was a little like, wow, jarring. But the second time I watched it, it wasn't as, it really wasn't as, uh, it didn't pull me out of it. Like it did the Okay, because yeah, for, for the split second when I was watching it the first time, I was like, there's a little something off here. And yeah. so it, I just took like a couple like repeat viewings and I don't know if I ever got to that place of being completely settled, but wasn't the best work we've seen on Sandman. No, no, it wasn't, but yeah, it's okay. What do, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's how right. you're really... going to do it, you know? No, no, no. Um, I mean, it's a it's talking pumpkin yeah. head. <laughs> so anyway, I want to say these are, this is very important. The people that Rose meets at the B&B should have... Um, some storylines or narratives going on later on. 
Okay. Ken and Barbie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've I mentioned Barbie before, but you did, you I did. Have. I and her dream I really too. love mm. Barbie's story in the Sandman series. I, it's mm. not one of the ones that is like beloved by all necessarily, but I always thought it was really interesting. But that's not the here over there. So we meet Barbie. Oh, first we meet Hale Carter. He yep. runs the B and B. His other name is. He goes by Dolly, and she performs, I believe. Yep, does a drag performance. That's his, yeah, that's his performing name. Uh, then we meet Chantel and Zelda, the goth sisters who have the largest selection of spiders Stuff on spiders. the East Coast. <laughs> Chantel does all the talking. And then we have Gilbert, who we don't really meet yet, um, but he, li- he lives in the attic, and he reads. This, again, I thought this was like a good way to do it like she can't have any contact with jed because it could cause issues with the foster family and because of this that or the other i did think it was weird like she couldn't even just talk to him though you know right right you could talk to him on the phone for a second yeah but i mean i feel like that part was done realistically mm-hmm. because of how difficult it is to have social services be involved in a case and get anywhere beyond the red tape oh yeah definitely so then they get back, they go out for drinks. Um, Hale's performing in drag. Uh, Rose is accosted in the alleyway. Gilbert intervenes, but Rose is kind of doing, you know, putting in work herself there for a minute. So, yeah, we Gilbert get... even tells her that. <laughs> he's like, she's like, or he's like, you don't even need me. You had this taken care of. Gilbert gives me like kind of grandfathery like vibes, you know? He's. See, a, I. A gentle originally... mini grandfathery vibes. I originally was wondering what's the catch with him because Gilbert to me seemed almost too nice. I felt like, oh, like what secrets are you hiding, old man? Mm, he may so, have a secret, but it may not be yeah, what you we'll, think. We'll see. Now we'll see what it is. <laughs> All right. So we have Matthew. He comes back and reports to Lucian because he had agreed to that. Uh, and they found out that Jed hasn't been in the dreaming. And this is a big deal. Because everybody, mm-hmm. all humans, should be connected to the dreaming. And so because he isn't, and he's not dead, right. then there is something intervening in the way. And then this is where they, later on, they research and they find that Galt had been the last nightmare to visit Jed. And they come to the realization that Galt probably severed Jed from the dreaming. So here's a quick question. Yeah. How do they know that Jed wasn't dead? That's a good question. Yeah, because, like, what my original thought was... No, I was like, did Dream, like, talk to death really quick? Or, like, what's going on? Or... Hmm. Well, also, too, I mean, he says all humans are connected to Dreaming. I don't know. There is some some stuff in there that could have been probably fleshed out a little more. Hmm. I would have thought it was because they already knew that he was in foster care. But... And the fact that he hasn't been in the dreaming for so long, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of where I went with it. But you're right. They really probably should have thrown in a line or something that explained that just a little bit more. All right. So anywho, we have the collectors repeating their eyeball removal. Each of them are like, oh, this is great. I love doing this. Oh, I like following the Corinthian around and doing what he does. And the Corinthian shows up and he's like, uh, yeah, what's going to stop me from killing all you guys for uh, doing what I do? And they're like, oh, 
and the girl it was so funny the girl was just like so attracted to him like attracted she was and like scared and like yeah again you're seeing that like his attraction and everything else and it, i think that's part of the nightmare like with him is he like draws you in because he's so beautiful and then like the eyes like i will eat your your eyes so he's like oh yeah i'll be there i'm the current corinthian haha <laughs> <laughs> he thinks that's funny yeah. and uh he has a friend who can make all their dreams come true which is the <laughs> vortex and i think this is such a big deal because it's it's gonna it's showing you what the stakes are here and i like that they tied this in a little bit more because in the comics i don't believe that the corinthian was trying to weaponize the vortex no, he wasn't but i think this makes a lot of sense plot wise it does and it gives more meaning to the corinthian and it's going to really tie up his part of the story nicely well what i'll say about the corinthian though so far is that having him being more involved in the show has just been nothing but a great decision. Oh, I agree. Because it's, it's definitely made him like the series villain. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. he seems almost like the big bad paired with desire being probably the bigger bad, Mm -hmm. but like at the same time, just having him more involved just threads it so nicely throughout the entire series so far. So we kind of end here with Rose going into the dreaming, actually, and talking with Morpheus and finding out that, you know, that she wants to find Jed. And he's like, oh, you can lead us there. And and then um, we clip to, which I almost thought was a dream, actually, because it talked about how she could use dreams to find him, uh, mm-hmm. where Jed was running away. And he gets stopped at this car and it's his aunt, whatever her face was don't remember i just was so upset about this whole scene uh like aunt connie or like yeah. something like that and then yeah. uncle barnaby yeah uncle barnaby oh, i remember his name what a how jerk. could i not yeah i know i have some choice words about him but basically mm-hmm. we find out jed's being abused um and it's not good uh, he's running yeah. away from his foster family and uh, it's just a really disgusting and very sad thing scene right so that is the end of episode seven some really great implications and really uh starting to plant some seeds there and then in the next episode um we're gonna get some a little bit of payoff but really it's just building up to this inevitable conclusion which is going to be very exciting and i can't wait to talk about that when we get there so a couple quick things i wanted to mention because we didn't go over them necessarily. Yeah. But did you notice the picture of Rose's ex-girlfriend on her bookshelf there? And oh, I say ex no. because she's dead. But well, I don't think... No, they weren't together. They weren't together? Rose was her friend. Because remember, she couldn't get her girlfriend on the phone. So she called Rose and was like... Oh, you're right. And Rose you're right. was consoling her. This was but her yes, friend. Her, her friend. It was her mm-hmm. friend. So her friend's picture that died in episode five yeah was on her bookshelf there you're right but i saw that i thought that was a nice little connection back to the rest of sandman there and also i want to give a shout out to a pretty good job of rose's unique hairstyle being represented in the comics Mm. into the screen here because she has like that rainbow hair that you see in her uh in her comic portrayal being a little bit different because she's a blonde white girl in the comics um with it's like all rainbow throughout but i thought the rainbow like braids were really a good way to represent that without it being like 
too like too out there you know what i mean yeah i'd agree completely with that but yeah so all in all what were your overarching thoughts on this episode good episode episode five and six are still my favorites uh obviously but this was a good episode and it's laying the foundation for what's to come what were your thoughts yeah so i i agree with you 100 percent. i think the episodes five and six were series highlights for me so far for sure I thought that this episode, like I said earlier, almost seemed like season two of Sandman or season 1.5 of Sandman, where like episodes one through five, I felt like were really good in like a full chapter. And then like six was like that deep breath. And then season or episode seven on so far have seemed almost like that continuation, that yeah. second story of that's being told about Sandman. Seven through and ten. so, yeah, I mean... We'll find out what happens with that crazy episode 11, because I know a little bit about that one already, but I want to see it. Um, But what I'm going to say about uh, this part as well is that it's very interesting to not have a dream-centric episode or dream-centric arc. You know what I mean? Where Rose is the main character in this arc, and dream is more just like the overarching like background character who is like influencing almost what's happening i'm so glad you brought this up because i was going to bring it up next episode actually (laughs) but you in the comics you see like dream is sort of the main character we follow in the first book and then it does follow rose walker and dream kind of sort of comes in at different points and then the arc after that dream is kind of the center of it and then after that we have a different main focus character and so that kind of follows the comics and who the focus is on. And I think it's great that they didn't, it's not all about Dream. Because it yeah. really isn't. You know, it, it is integral to the story. Because what happens here does impact the Dreaming and Dream itself. But it does, like, the focus should be on Rose. And also, I want to give a shout out to the actor that played Hal Carter. Because... I thought that he did a phenomenal job and I thought oh, that yeah, it was it was a great performance and I thought I liked the fact that you actually got to see a little bit more of him in the in the show here than you did on the comic pages and everything and because I, of how interesting a character mm-hmm. he seems to be. Yes, I agree and we get more of him in the next um, episode. For sure. And he's, as I said, all those characters are important. And I think them focusing a little bit more on him now is going to make it more meaningful later on when um, he comes back. If he, if they get a season two, which is the sad news on all this, I guess, even though Sandman is just crushing it. Um, right. It I is, can't believe that. They have be not honest. announced a second season yet. Because it wasn't, it's a, I can believe it was a very expensive show to make. And Netflix right now, it seems, is in the process of cutting a lot of shows rather than um, renewing because, uh, you know, they're losing subscribers and increasing prices. And so just keep watching and uh, hopefully we can get a season two out of them. At least. Right, let's watch it at least one more time each, everybody. Come on now. Let's <laughs> get Sandman Season 2 going here. I know, I'm going to jump on and rewatch the entire series again with my wife Amy, 
And so I'll be giving another viewing to this thing, but as well. Neil Gaiman doesn't sound too hopeful about a season two, but yeah. I want to cross my fingers and really hope we get it because this has been amazing so far. It has. Now, the thing is, though, is that I read an article that said if it doesn't, if Netflix doesn't pick up season two, it doesn't Someone mean else might. It can't get picked up by somebody else. And I think yes. with all the success it's had, you would have someone else pick it up, so... Either way, I just want to keep it all the same. Keep Netflix involved. Keep Neil Gaiman involved. Keep it rolling with the same actors and actresses. Let's just run it back. Crushing it, baby. Yeah, keep crushing it. But anywho, I think that's all for us on this episode. Um, Reminder: just get at us on our socials with your thoughts, opinions, perspectives. We have stickers. Which you post Woo! on social media, and they look I so did. awesome. I did. They look great. I cannot wait to get the holographic ones. To be honest, <laughs> I'm putting one right on my car. Gonna also give out some at work. I spread the word at the barbecue I was at tonight a little bit, so we yeah. might get one or two more Vermont downloads. We'll see. <laughs> I haven't even looked at that, and we've also surpassed seven thousand downloads. So wow, that's, that's awesome. pretty. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So thank you so, so much. Thank you guys. Yeah, thanks for, everyone for um, listening. Yeah, and sticking around to, at the to the end of this episode. But I think that's gonna be two nerds signing off. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>